The sermon for the second Sunday in Lent is from the Gospel of St. Mark, chapter 8, verses 27 to 38. The sermon is entitled, The Anointed One. Grace, mercy, and peace from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. While the others had said, John the Baptist, Elijah, or one of the prophets, Jesus asked his disciples, But... Who do you say that I am? Peter answered, You are the Christ. You are the Christ. The Christ that is the anointed one. The one who is set apart. The one who is holy. The only one to fulfill the will of God. A unique mission this was. That no one but only the Lamb of God could accomplish. And thus Peter proclaimed, You are the Christ. You are the one. It is we know St. Peter, he faced many trials ahead. For just as soon as he confessed the Christ, soon he would rebuke Jesus for what Jesus had in mind, and that is to suffer, to be betrayed to die on the cross and rise on the third day. And there Peter was, rebuking Jesus. And Peter was met by the words, Get behind me, Satan. From his confession to these sharp words. Indeed, Peter's rebuking words were turning from the word. And there Jesus was saying, get behind me, Satan, because this is the very nature of the devil. His strategy is to turn you from the word. Get behind me, Satan. Now, the great struggle for the disciples was really wrapping their hearts and minds around the necessity of Christ alone, namely of the cross alone. For this was radical. Their teacher, their rabbi, their Lord Christ would suffer into the hands of men being betrayed. This was beyond their own human reason and strength. This is beyond our our senses, yet for the anointed one, the things of God is of mercy, is of grace for you. And this was indeed necessary, absolutely necessary to suffer and be betrayed for us. There's no other way. For the sins of the world, it was only Christ. There was no other road, no other option but the cup of wrath that Christ needed to bear for us. Not just anywhere, but upon the cross. And therefore, Jesus is the Christ, the anointed one. But God shows his love for us and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. That's the key right there. While we were still sinners. Sin is not something that we can minimize, marginalize, or or simply label as a mistake. No. According to the word, according to the law of God, the commandments, the law shows us 
ultimately our sinful nature. The great deception that began at the fall with original sin. And I think the great deception is what? That you and I are both good by nature. You know, we, we, we are born with a clean slate, the world says. And, and we have, you know, we are good, we are, we are innocent. There is nothing about us that is of sin, the world says. We even have the free will. The free will, to pa- the, the, the power to choose and decide even on our spiritual matters. I think some of you may know that as decision theology. But the fact is, if this is the case, if we think we have the power to choose or decide, or that we have the human reason and strength apart from the Holy Spirit and the Word, what is really happening there? We are turning from Christ. We are turning to self. We are putting ourselves above God. And there our faith is. But friends, you and I very well know ever since the fall, the repercussions are that condemning. That we cannot decide or choose our faith. Because as it reads in the scriptures, as you very well know, it says faith is a gift. Now a gift is given. Not chosen, not decided, not earned, but given through the word that is through the Holy Spirit. That's why I always tell you on repeat that words matter. The words that come out of your mouth truly matter, especially theologically. If we do not understand original sin, the consequences of what this really means, well then the confession, you are the Christ, becomes something else where Christ becomes not a necessity, but one of many options. The devil will say, well, Jesus did this for you. Well, surely you must do more in regards to your salvation. Now, the temptation is there for all of us because this is our nature. That there is more to the gospel, the devil says. That there is a bigger anchor in our life that we need, and that is of ourselves. We need to do this reconciling to God. See, the the beauty of you are the Christ is that it's truly about for you the gospel. The gospel that says it is not what you do, but rather what is done for you by His grace. And in the same vein, even the sacraments as we see them, they are not things that you do, but rather what has been done for you. Gospel, sacraments, hand in hand, baptism, and the Lord's Supper. Friends, this is not your work. But it's by the power of God's word where there you have received the promise. All by the power of the Holy Spirit, not your doing, but God's work on you as he gathers you, as he forgives you in the water and the word, in the body and blood, in the fellowship of the altar, here, his true body, for the forgiveness of all your sins. See, friends, the the nature of the gospel is, 
is passive. Right? The Christ, it's all about him for you. Jesus says, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself. Think about that. Let him deny himself. That means your trust is not in yourself. That means you do not abide in yourself. That means the first commandment, you shall fear, love, and trust God above all things. This is what it means to deny oneself. That is to live outside of yourself. To live above your own self-trust, your own pride and arrogance. To live above your self-righteousness. For Jesus says, deny yourself if you are to follow me. How humbling this is for each and every one of us. Because the first commandment clearly shows us what we are dealing with in our sin. But also the first commandment shows us the utmost necessity of Christ alone. You are the Christ, St. Peter says. That means alone. This is a great emphasis because it is Christ alone. And there the devil is saying, turn to the deceptive words that say, yes, Christ alone, but no, you need to do more. Is God's grace really sufficient for you? Sufficient, the devil says. No, it's only halfway. You need to do the next half. Of course, this is the chatter of the things of man. Because if the hope is in ourselves, if the hope is in our self-righteousness, just as we heard this morning in our prayers, that we have no strength, if that's where our hope is, where does that leave us? And if our hope is in ourselves, Well, where is the cross? Where is the empty tomb? Where is the ascension? Where is his return? Where is the sacraments? They all become optional in our lives, my friends. And this is what the hope of self brings. You know, it reads in 2 Timothy, if we are faithless, he remains faithful. For he cannot deny himself. You are the Christ, Peter says. Jesus is the Christ. The only faithful one, perfect, holy. The one who does not deny himself. We fall short, you and I both. We look at the first commandment and quickly we see ourselves trusting in our nature, in our flesh. But there Christ is, the anointed one, set apart, unique work, the Lamb of God. Not just any lamb, but the one true sacrifice for you. The Christ who took upon the flesh God 
in the flesh. Speak of his humiliation for the sake of all of us, that he would take upon this flesh to be the Christ, to shoulder your sin and the separation from God. But nonetheless, nevertheless, he goes to be the Christ. For there is no other name under heaven given to men by which we are saved. Only Christ, the one who justifies you. You are declared righteous. You do not make yourself righteous. You are delivered. You are declared. You are righteous by the very blood that was shed for each and every one of you. You do not reconcile yourself to God. You do not climb up that ladder of salvation. No, he comes down to you, reconciling you by his very work. By his death that he laid down for you as the Christ. The only suffering servant who suffered in your place. To forgive you of all your sins. And friends, you are forgiven. You are forgiven. Your guilt, your shame, your sorrows all washed away because Jesus is the Christ. The devil will accuse you every which way. But there your confession is, you are the Christ, O Lord. And that means you have forgiven me of all my sins. That is where my faith rests. Upon that very word of Jesus, you are forgiven. Eternal life, you're not wondering whether your name is written there. No, by his very blood, your name is written there. And salvation is yours. From sin, death, and the power of the devil, you are rescued because Jesus is the Christ. No other statement, no other word, no other promise, but only Christ. For you need saving. You need reconciling. And there, by the grace of God, outside of yourself, there he is, Dying the death that no one else could die. For by his death, you are set free. Redeemed, purchased, and won for forgiven. The anointed one, who would not only die on the cross, but rise from death. The Christ, the resurrection, victorious over death. To assure and bless each and every one of you. By his very resurrection, indeed, the battle has been won. Friends, are you facing great worries this day? Are you facing a struggle, a stress, a sorrow, a grief? Are you dealing with emptiness? Here we have the very word that says you are the Christ, the one who has faced this battle for you. Suffering in his death and resurrection, accounting for each and every one of you. So who do you say that I am? You are the Christ, the son of the living God. 
You are the Christ. This is who Jesus is. And there your faith rests on who he is and by who, what he does for each and every one of you. This is where your faith rests upon Christ alone. The anointed one, the Lamb of God, the Savior, Redeemer, Messiah, the great I am for you. Amen. May the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Sunday Sermon from Faith Lutheran Church in Moorpark, California. For more information, visit us on the web at faithmoorpark.com.